0: Hey, what up, people? Thank you for listening to the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. I just wanted to take a moment out to thank everyone who's rated and reviewed my podcast. I was looking at the ratings over the weekend. And I saw there was a couple new ones, and I was, like, really touched because the first couple, not gonna lie, I just forced my best friends to write them. (laughs) So it's nice to see that, like, strangers actually took the time to review my podcast and say nice things, still got that five-star rating. But what I'm asking you to do is if you have not rated or reviewed or subscribed to the podcast and you continue to listen to it week after week, please give us a rating, please. The more subscribes and more ratings and reviews a show gets the higher it is in the charts it gets more exposure you know that section where it recommends other shows for you they base that on all you know the data they have from the ratings and reviews so i'm trying to get this podcast popping i'm trying to glow up in 2018 i'm trying to make these money moves so please i hate to beg but i ain't too proud to beg so Leave, a review, rate, and subscribe, follow, do that shit. Thank you. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to have this guest on the show, um, Dominique Drakeford. She is an expert, really, in sustainability and fashion and how those things are related to one another. And I, I on my podcast, I'm doing this series, um, the past three episodes. I call it Get Your Life because I wanted people to get their life together. I've had um, business coaches. I've had life coaches. And I wanted to have you talk because I think that sustainability and environmentalism is not necessarily so what people think of and in order to get their life together but I think it's a really important facet of you know society is thinking about how we're impacting the earth and impacting our environment and other people so that's why I wanted to have you on the show so thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and I couldn't agree more <laughs> yeah so for those of you who don't uh the listeners who don't know dominique um could you just talk a little about yourself and about you know your melanin ass website and all the great stuff that you do
1: yeah of course so as she said my name is dominique and i am from oakland california i reside, however, in Brooklyn, New York. So if there's any noise behind me, you'll know that that's a New York thing going on. <laughs> um, so I, let's see, where do I start? My journey is a little eclectic and all over the place. Um, my background is in youth development and young black women leadership um, and actually environmental work. I was a backpacker in Oakland, And during that time, I was receiving my undergraduate in business environmental management. Um, I moved to New York to get my master's degree from NYU in, uh, what is it, sustainable entrepreneurship and fashion. And since then, I've been here for about six years, and since then, I've been sort of diving into public relations, and it's transitioned into, I mean, I still do consulting work, but it's transitioned into this passion project of mine called Melanin-AS, and the A-S-S stands for and Sustainable style, where I'm focusing on people of color and the work that they're doing in sustainable fashion, beauty, and wellness spaces, because I feel like it's an area that is not covered enough. Knowing and understanding that sustainability is inherently from people and cultures of color. Um, And somehow, some way, (laughs) it has been exploited into this very, what I feel, whitewashed arena. And so, socially and economically, people have been removed from it. uh, And systematically, really, people have been removed from its origins. And that's one fold. And the other fold is that the people who are actually in the space and who have been in this space don't get the visibility that they deserve. And so I wanted to create this very inclusive community-like space to show, one, hey, we are out there doing this work and doing it freaking well. And two, those of you who, because of systematic racism, have been removed from understanding environmentalism and the role you play to come on and join the club because it's important to, you know, your livelihood, to your beauty, to your wellness, to really every facet of, of your life and, and well being. So yeah. that's it in a nutshell.
0: That's great. And that's so true because I think that a lot of times um people of color can sort of overlook uh, sustainability and environmentalism, and think you know we have more, I guess, pressing issues to talk about. But these issues, most environmental issues, affect disproportionately people of color. Like when you, of course, of- yeah like even the Flint water crisis or air pollution or highway construction, you know, people that live near mm-hmm. high- have such a higher, are exposed to carcinogens and are exposed to diseases and have cancer at a higher rates. These are all environmental. Exactly. Issues. Yeah. So I think that people really exactly, need that exactly. connection and, and uh, focus on environmental issues because they do disproportionately affect Lower-income people and people of color.
1: Yeah. No. And I, I, huh, I think again. I think the disconnect has been two things happening. When you hear the word sustainability, you think of two things. Just depending on who you are and how you grow, you either think that it's something super upper echelon, it's super unattainable. It's super, you know. I can't afford it. I can't reach it. And I find that, sorry, especially in the fashion field, right? When you're thinking of organic cottons and bamboos and you see price tags of like a thousand dollars. So sustainability feels like something super just upper echelon. But then on the other hand, there's a community that sees it as, this is tree huggers this is hippie this yeah. is not cool <laughs> yeah so depending on you know depending on where you are and how you grow up and and what you're seeing in the media and propaganda those are sort of the two two visuals that people of color see and both of those are ab- absolutely wrong <laughs> yeah that's- and not not necessarily wrong but there is an intersection point that people of color can enter this space and need to be, you know, seen and heard and welcomed.
0: A hundred percent true. So I wanted to talk to you because recently i tried to become more sustainable. And at first I thought it was hard because I'm a person that really loves fashion. You know, I used to design my own clothes. I love clothes. And so I found, I until probably this year I just used to buy as many clothes as I could buy um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought I don't know you just you I don't know if it I think it's sort of indoctrinated into us that we need the more we have the better it is and and I think fast fashion of course has played a hand in that with just mm-hmm. increasing waste. And I would just be buying stuff cause it was cheap and on sale and I could, I can have 50 t-shirts, even though I don't really need 50 t-shirts. So um, right. I tried to, become a minimalist this year and I I, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent there, but I have definitely de- <laughs> <laughs> decreased the amount of things I own. So do you see I guess an intersection between sustainability and minimalism and how those fit together?
1: Yeah, most definitely. But just just to compliment something you said, nobody is a hundred percent there. And I think the search for sustainability is a consistently growing journey. So that's number one because there are a lot of social economic factors, especially that people of color have to consider um when stepping into this whole realm. So I just wanna throw that out there that girl it's it's baby steps. Yes. So don't ever feel discouraged. Don't ever. I'm still learning and growing and I've been in this space for quite some time. But, um, so the intersections between minimalism and sustainability, it's, it's a huge concept to me because I feel like understanding that less is more in a world, in a capitalistic world where they push that more is more,
0: yeah. <laughs> and more is
1: better, bigger is better. And so... I find that to create a paradigm shift to understand the importance of minimalism, the importance of declutter, the importance of um, sort of challenging your almost indigenous <laughs> state of mind. Yeah. is It's a journey. It takes, it takes a long time, but I, I definitely find that once you get past that initial shock factor and you start to you know clean out your closet, clean out you know stuff that you don't need and start to focus on quality as opposed to quantity,
0: yes, you
1: feel so much better that's like so- i don't i is there i you feel so, like a weight has lifted off of you. You start to feel, even when you're thinking about beauty, you start to see beaut- beautification differently um, because I, you know, I dive into fashion, but also products as well, beauty products. You start to, you just start to feel a lot more lighter you start to feel clearer and, I, and you become happier because you're focusing less on
0: shit and more on quality of life. That's so true, and especially with quality over quantity, I think that especially, like you said, we live in a capitalist world. We live in a world where fast fashion rules, and you can buy so many goods at a cheap price. I would buy these Mm -hmm. things that you know, we're well made. We're probably made under poor conditions where someone is not receiving, you know, fair wages. But I didn't care because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to get this shirt for $2. So I'm buying all this stuff. But this stuff is not well made. So you think that you're saving money because you have $20 exactly. shirts. But really, if you had two $50 shirts, they will last you much longer than all your $2 shirts. So you're not really saving money like you may think you are, but in the long run to spend more money up front for something that you know is well-made, made uh, made by people and good working conditions is actually going to save you money over the long run because you don't have to keep buying stuff from being worn out.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's the simple concept of, of perception versus reality. And sometimes, I think, especially, especially living in America. And again, I've traveled the world and just our mindset is so different that we really have to take the time and deconstruct why we do what we do. Yeah. Um, and, and sort of recreate our whole value systems that have been normalized for so long. That's, um, that's- and also too, I'm a big proponent of meeting people where they are. Like, I'm not going to go to somewhere or talk to somebody, right, who's a single mom, who's struggling financially, who has kids mouths to feed and talk about, yeah, girl, go buy um, all your kids these $100 (laughs) organic cotton t-shirts. Like, And that's what I feel like sometimes this community does. It doesn't take into account um the intersectionality of social economic disparities that happen within communities of color. And so I if you have that habit, right? You like to shop. I would say, okay, let's baby step. Let's 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 take it one step at a time. You can do a number of things. You can do some thrift and vintage shopping. If you love fashion, there are ways for you to participate that doesn't break your pocket initially. Right? Mm -hmm. So let's 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 go vintage shopping, let's go thrift shopping. Um let's trade in one shopping experience at a fast fashion retailer for an indie designer. It doesn't have they don't have to be the most sustainable initially, but as long as they sort of have those beginning values, I'm okay with that. And that's kind of how you have to talk to people. Um because it's hard. It's 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 a hard it's a hard lifestyle change, um, for a lot of people. Consumption is <laughs> it's a sticky thing. It's yeah, a sticky thing.
0: I think everything is just our whole world, you're inundated with commercials, you're inundated with things that are basically telling you you're not good enough, so you need to buy this stuff to make you feel better, but that's part of the journey why I stopped because I realized I do love shopping, but I would go shopping because I was sad or because mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I I was angry or I I wanted to show someone like I I was I was doing a lot of things based on impulses, not uh, out of need or even want. So I tried to right. take a step back and I'm like, do am I buying this because I actually like it or is it just like a flex reaction? I see something new, got to grab it. And I think most yeah. of my purchases were based on, you know, just ingrained patterns of behavior rather than me actually wanting something. So just taking an extra, you know, 10 minutes to like if I go to store pick something up I won't just go to the register I'll like walk around with it for 10 minutes and really think about it just that has, right. like made me stop buying stuff like 90 percent less stuff I buy <laughs> if I just give myself a minute and think about it before I just go get in line <laughs> to buy it
1: yeah no definitely and it's like I want to have clothes yeah where I can pass down to my kids if I have a daughter like back in the day our parents our grandparents back when fashion was a lot more bespoke and quality made they were able to pass down and it became an heirloom like mm-hmm. I want to be able to pass clothes down you you really can do that if you're shopping at H&M and Forever 21 yeah. and Zara <laughs> and all of that and all of that but I also want to point out I think I'm I'm a big proponent of this idea of duality, right? So I want people to watch, say, the documentary, uh, the True Cost, which is on Netflix. So everybody, go check it out. It's a really, really, really good documentary. Oh. Documentary about what's going on in the fashion world. It is a tearjerker, but it's telling you the harsh realities of of what's going on. So I think it's important for us to look at the realities which have a lot of negative imagery so watching a documentary like the true cause but while also following say influencers who are showing you how to do it without um, all of the negative statistics so I think it's important to be able to extract from the reality of what's really going on and sometimes have those visual images in, in your head of who's making my clothes and what's happening to the women who yeah. mostly are of color, make my garments. And then who can I be inspired by who's stylishly wearing sustainable fashion um, and not making it look like tree bark. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> because I think it's important to have both of those things and not be totally on, on either side. I think mean, there needs to be a neutral stance where so you understand the negative, but also saying, saying the positive
0: as well. That's true. Because I think, like you were saying earlier with the, you know, hippie image, I think some people uh, can sort of assume that, oh, if I'm sustainable, I'm not stylish. I'm going to be wearing some, like, moo-moo, I don't know, like, <laughs> looking, <Yeah. laughs> looking messed up. So, right. Uh, uh, what are some, I mean, your platform is a good place to find um, inspiration, Melon and Ask. Are there any certain influencers that you specifically like or can recommend that people who are just, you know, wanting to get into the space and have made the choice to be sustainable to, to follow or look at? Yeah. Um,
1: oh man, there's a lot. Like I love cool style journal. Um, the founder, Katie, who is a good friend of mine. And, again, I'm really big on supporting women of color in this way. She is a woman of color. Um, and so, like, her magazine makes sustainable fashion and sustainable style living very digestible. Um, and she features a lot of different brands. I like T. Mayer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, I mean, maybe I can email you some links. Um, yeah, I love for tea your tea. audience it too yeah. Um, but yeah I would start off with Ethical Style Journal and then watching The True Cause and that's sort of the, the negative reality and then some positive reality um, who do I love 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 I love Selva Beat as a magazine as well but they're more beauty oriented um, man there's a lot yeah. there's a lot. my memory is fried but I can definitely send, send you links for I guess for more beginner readership yeah or followers
0: I think and and also in the beauty world like for me I just think about these things just in terms of packaging the amount of waste that goes mm-hmm. into packaging um you know, mm-hmm. when people think of waste. We do think of plastics, but um, fashion is also a big waster. You know, most of the thing, a lot of clothes end up in landfills and that's on top of the packaging from all the products that we buy. So I think that for me, I found a great store um, and it's a refillable store. So you basically just bring your own containers and you can pump they have huge you know barrels of shampoo or detergent or whatever sort of need you you can have and you bring your own reusable container and just fill it up now i know that's not possible for probably many people to to go to but i feel like i would like I had a business idea to try to make this more accessible. Cause like you said, I, I think a lot of these things that are sustainable, unfortunately have become like a profit driven thing. So you have, right. you have people that are trying to profit off this, which is not bad, but it's like, like you said, a lot of sustainability efforts were, you know, founded by indigenous people, by people of color. This is just people's natural way of living. But now that it's become a trend, it's sort of, you know, capitalizing on this trend, which is good and bad, good because it exposes people that maybe have not been exposed, but bad because it, um, it lowers, I mean, it raises the entry point for people, you know, who are average person, maybe they can't afford to do all these things and now, they can't enter it, but uh, like I don't know some some things that I like to do as far as beauty packaging. Um, I research a lot about skincare. I make my own, you know, oils to put on my skin. Mm-hmm. I buy soap from you know mm-hmm. local. just going to the farmers market. Most no matter where you yeah. live, there's a farmers market. You can find people that make their own soaps and make uh their own products and their the packaging just not even the packaging. yeah think about shipping costs and all all these things go into uh yeah all of it it's a lot yeah mass Mm good so do you have any i guess like tips for people to increase just sustainability in their everyday life yeah so i actually
1: i just started my youtube channel and I believe last week I posted a video um ten tips to live more sustainably that everybody can virtually participate and do. Sort of like ten tips for the beginner. But a lot of my tips would be one carrying a tote bag yeah. so that you're using less plastic bags. You know the plastic contributes to interrupted biodiversity. Plastic is actually bad for the environment bad for you bad for your health um so carrying around a tote bag so when you're going grocery shopping you don't have to take plastic bags or all those produce bags so that's a big one um another similar one is carrying your own mason jar or aluminum water bottle um what i like to do is when i go get juices i have them fill up my mason jar instead of using a plastic cup yeah that's um yeah farmer's markets are a big one because you're supporting locally fair trade sort of mom and pop shop if you want to think of it like that. Um, a lot of times they don't use as much plastic packaging as you're going to a grocery store. Um, and then two, sort of making your own balms, your own hair greases, mixing your own oils, which is stuff that our grandma and great grandma have been doing for years. So again, that's a thing that I feel like is sort of inherent to communities of color that has sort of been an heirloom to create your own concoctions yeah. that, you know, work best for your skin and your hair. Um, I would, let's see. Also suggest, especially when it comes to fashion, like attend shopping swaps or create your own shopping swaps, and that can be with fashion, that can be with books, that can be with virtually any product or excuse me, any industry that you're in. So whether you want to do a kitchen shopping swap, a book shopping swap, a tennis shoe shopping swap, um, but I think too we have to come up with creative communal, communal or intercommunal ways. To, to eliminate waste and do trading and do borrowing. Yeah.
0: Um, At, my job, just, yeah. At my job, uh, we had one for Earth Day. We had a clothing swap where everyone brought in their clothes and we set it up and you could take other people's clothes or shoes or jewelry. And it was really fun. I'd actually never been to one, but I, I was like, we should do this more often, not just on Earth Day. We should, there's so much fun and I feel like you can make
1: it you can make it more fun make it more interesting and maybe have a dj or have some light bites have some wine it can be getting back to the idea of community and that's a whole nother conversation but doing community-esque things helps with sort of this idea of sustainability in a sort of non-traditional way but doing community stuff super, super helpful. And again, enhances your quality of life, makes you happier. Um, So yeah, those are just a few, a few of my tips.
0: That's great. And what's your YouTube channel? What's the URL? Yeah, it's just Dominique Drakeford. That sounds really great. Well, I know I'm going to check out those videos. Because I'm trying to to make some changes. And yeah, it's just the packaging for me. Like, I really, you really, it's sort of forced upon you. If you go to the store, people aren't aware of these things. And you don't even think of how much stuff you waste. I was just on Amazon uh, yesterday. And I bought these reusable, they're like beeswax and cotton cloths that you can use mm-hmm. instead of plastic bags so that's one thing you know people can do to <laughs> to also yeah a
1: cherry bag a tote bag oh plastic makes me itch like I've gotten to I despise plastic I have a reusable um metal straw that I carry yeah. with me instead of using plastic straw I literally it's just the plastic epidemic is so ridiculous there's so much plastic and it's not a renewable resource so literally you use it i think the the average lifespan of a plastic bag is about what is it like 14 minutes so you literally use it like even if you're going to a convenience store it's so um ingrained in us to put that piece of fruit or whatever even if it's one thing in a plastic bag instead of just taking it with you or bringing your own and so little small habits little small things that we could change about you know minimizing our our
0: plastic usage that's so true and and I think people you know they think people want to do whatever is the easiest thing for themselves so they're like oh it's so inconvenient i need to do this i need to do that but i try to remind people that all of this stuff is more of a recent you know invention in human society like before Mm -hmm. or you know a few decades ago people weren't doing things out of plastic everything was paper everything was pretty renewable like my mom she's not that old and she tells me about how they had the milkman come deliver the milk in the same bottles like you didn't buy cartons the milkman would come by a little glass and and everything uh there was much less packaging you would go it's a store and a lot of stuff would be in bulk and you would just put your your bulk <laughs> stuff so I think that yeah uh, yeah like it's it's not we are conditioned to do this but that's not the way it's always been done so you just have to realize yeah. and it is a, a hard ha- habits are hard to break but they can be broken and you just have to be more yeah. conscious about your choices yeah.
1: And I think, too, like one of my biggest tips in my YouTube video at the end, which was my tip number 10, was talking about your circle of influence. If you're not following people on social media, like Zero, Ra- zero Waste Habisha, she's a huge uh, zero waste, but also very pro-Black uh, feminist her platform is about ways in which we can not waste at all. I mean, she's a lot more on the radical side, but my point is that if you're not following people on social media, if you're not interacting with people who are talking about this stuff, you're not really going to care. Yeah. So I think it's important for you to begin to uh, look at your, so, look at your circle of influence, who you're following, And begin to mold and create sort of the community around yourself um, of the things that are important to you and the things you want to learn more about. And I think that's something that we take for granted. Like, who are we following? Who's on our timeline? Um, Who are we? What blogs are we looking at? So I think it's just important to uh, create inner circles that continue to inspire us to be more environmentally and socially aware.
0: That's a hundred percent true, and I think, yeah, this is a great talk. <laughs> we can end it. I'm really excited <laughs> for people to hear all of this information. I know I've learned a lot, and like I said, I'm just starting on my my journey, so I will definitely um subscribe to your YouTube channel and I hope all my listeners subscribe and take time to to think about our impact on. The earth, like we said, most environmental issues do disproportionately affect people of color and low income people. So it's Mm -hmm. not just some like bougie people problems. (laughs) These are problems that affect you and problems that, you know, lead to disease, lead to, um, you know, lots of issues, health issues. So we need to take it seriously Mm -hmm. for ourselves and for the earth in the future yeah most definitely
1: our health is definitely in jeopardy um and the clothes that we wear the stuff we put on our skin the our wellness in every aspect is extremely important um and it's disproportionately affecting people of color without a question
0: yeah so yeah so thank you so (laughs) much for your time I'm i'm glad to talk this is great. I'm I'm going to put it up this on Sunday. So I'll send you the link when that's up. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to hearing it
0: and sharing it with my audience as well. Yeah. Hopefully we can talk again. Likewise. Okay. <laughs> Have a good day.
1: (laughs) Have a good one. I'm like, I'm not in the conversation because I can just talk forever. Bye. (laughs) Bye.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. If you're a fan of the show, I have a really great offer for you. So I designed these logo pins based on the logo for my show. And I'm sending free pins out. That's right, free shipping, free everything. All you have to do is go to my website, stuffidontlike.net. And sign up for the mailing list and I will send you a free pin. If for some reason you don't want to give me your physical address, maybe you're in the CIA maybe you know you live on a hippie commune in the woods and you don't even have an address that's cool too because you can still enter your email address and be added that way you won't receive a pin if I don't have your physical address but you will receive updates and exclusive content you'll be the first to know when I launch my ebook that's coming up called 30 Dope Reads which will just be a compilation of books that I love and would love for everyone to share and enjoy so yeah please go to the website stuffidontlike.net and subscribe to the mailing list thanks guys